Howdy, Bags. AP here from the tailgate, home of Aggie football, brought to you by Frida Homes, building Aggie dreams. Visit them at FridaHomes.com. Everybody loves their Frida home. Guys, don't forget to email us at agstailgate at gmail.com. Visit us on the YouTube channel, Facebook, uh, Insta, comment. We'll try to get some of those comments here on the podcast. I also want to apologize for earlier in the week. We had a we did a podcast on Sunday, posted the audio. We had problems, technical problems with the audio. We had to take it down. Here is our here's our podcast. Unfortunately, uh, on the road this week, so Corey's not with me. Uh, always better with Corey, but we're gonna power through. Uh, a couple of comments from the fans. Pete O'Neill says he loves us because we speak the truth. Thank you, Pete. We're going to continue to try to do that. Uh, obviously, a lot of folks don't like to hear the truth, but but uh, we're going to do our best to try to be objective. Okay. Uh, new subscriber, Chris RR66. Thank you, Chris, for joining the show. Welcome on. Let me know. Let me know if you got some commentary. Let me know what you think about the show. Uh, Chris, uh, or Living with Jay, asks, who do we blame if uh, we get an OC and the offense still sucks? I guess we'll find out if that happens. <laughs> uh, probably Jimbo, probably. <laughs> uh, Chris Record, you say he thinks that uh, we we talk a lot about the opponent's weaknesses, but ignore A&M's deficiencies. I'm pretty sure we have thoroughly discussed the Aggie deficiencies in their schemes and their coaching and some of the reasons why we are getting our butts handed to us every week. Um, but I, I appreciate your opinion. A couple of Aggie notes. Men's basketball just got through today. Uh, now two and one. First loss today to Murray State after wins over ULM and ACU. Uh, really love what Coleman and Wade are doing these days. Um, and super, super, super excited to see where this team goes as they develop throughout the year. Obviously, last year you, you saw it as they came together at the end of the season, got robbed, obviously, from an NCAA tournament bid. Early in the season so far, we'll learn more about this team as the year goes on. Let's talk some Aggie football. Start with the game against Auburn this past weekend. The Aggies lose 13-10. to 10. Um, They're now 3-7. and seven. And one and six in conference. They've lost six in a row, or one and seven in conference, sorry. Is that right? They've lost six in a row and won their first conference game. One and six in conference. There you go. Three and six, three and seven, one and six in conference, lost six in a row. Last place in the SEC West, last place in the SEC overall. Worse than Vandy, who is one and five and four to six overall, and just got to win over Kentucky. That may be the saddest thing I've ever said. Uh, but even in 2020, we barely beat Vanderbilt, so I guess I'm not, I shouldn't be all that surprised. Look, they lose this game 13 to 10. 
this game wasn't really even that close, right? It was a 10-0 game in the fourth quarter. It was a 10-point game. Uh, at that point, Auburn already understood that this offense couldn't do anything to threaten the lead. They had no, no indication that they were going to even attempt to throw the football at that time. Uh, the Aggies didn't score a touchdown until there was a minute 33 left in the game. By then, obviously, it was more than decided. Let's start with the offense. Total yards, 215. 215 yards, that's like a quarter for TCU or a quarter for Tennessee, you know? 215 yards in the game. 80 of that, what's even sadder, 80 of that, all in that last drive which basically tells you 135 yards the rest of the game. That's up until the point with two minutes and 57 seconds left in the game, 135 total yards. That is embarrassing. They got the 80-yard drive once Auburn sort of sat back, slowed things down. They weren't worried about it. Game was over. 135 yards prior to that. Think about that for a second. This is a team loaded with talent where the head coach is considered, was considered, let's rephrase that, was considered an offensive guru, a quarterback guru. They've got, they had 135 yards when we were in the fourth quarter with under three minutes to go in the game. That's embarrassing. That is embarrassing. The best drive before that, they had a 12-play, 53-yard drive in the second quarter that they punted the ball on. 12 plays, 53 yards, fourth and 10 from the Auburn 39-yard line. Auburn 39-yard line, and you punt with an offense that is struggling, you punt. Why wouldn't you go for it at that point in the game on their side of the field? Your defense, while it didn't play just exceptionally, they played well enough, well enough to keep you in the game. And yet, your one drive of any significance in this game you get to the Auburn 39-yard line, and you punt. Jimbo, that right there is another point in the letter that should go out to you to say bye-bye, okay? Just another point to add to that very long list of points. Connor, 14 of 36. Look, we were all putting everything on Connor. Everybody made Connor the savior for this team. His one start, he had the big numbers, the touchdowns, the things. He looked good at times. He made some plays. Look, and he's got a good arm. He's, uh, he's, he's an impressive athlete. And everybody puts it on Connor as the savior for this offense. Oh, well, last year's excuse, Calzada isn't any good. King was hurt. 
That's why we sucked last year. It's Calzada's fault. Well, Calzada's not here anymore. King starts the year. You know what? King offense is worse. Worse. That's right. I said it. Worse than from Calzada. Okay, so you can't blame Calzada anymore. That's right. Well, King's bad. So what do people do? Aggie fans attack King. Now, who's to blame? King. King can't get it done. Put Johnson in. Well, you know what? The offense wasn't any good with Johnson in there either. He gets hurt. What happens next? Well, those quarterbacks aren't any good. Put Connor Wigman in. Why aren't we playing the freshman? Okay. Has a big day. This first start. Second start. Second start. We've got a problem with this. 14 of 36, 121 yards and a touchdown. Eight rushes for four net yards. And the offense has a total of 215 yards. It's not the quarterback. All those guys can make plays. Calzada can make plays, as he showed against Alabama when he's given an opportunity. Haynes King has shown he can make plays in under a good scheme. Maybe one day at another team, he'll be able to show that. Johnson, at times at LSU, was able to show that. He's probably the least physically physically gifted of this group of quarterbacks. Connor is an incredibly gifted athlete, five-star quarterback recruit. He has talent, but he cannot overcome Jimbo Fisher and his play calls and his scheme and his constant excuses of execute, execute, execute. Nobody can. So we could recruit Patrick Mahomes to this team at this point. And if Jimbo doesn't change the plays, doesn't change the scheme, this offense will continue to be horrible as it has been during his entire tenure. This isn't the first year this offense is bad. It was bad the first Second, third, fourth year of his tenure. Fortunately for the Aggies, the defense has been very good prior to this year. Under Elko, the defense carried this team. Getting back to the offense. Connor's number's not good. Connor's number's not good. What's even worse than that is the fact that at one point he misses 13 consecutive throws. He wasn't even close in some of those throws, by the way. And this is not a this is not an attack on Connor because this is not Connor's fault. Because at this point, you've got a situation where you could see the player, and on the field, you could see that he was frustrated, that he was struggling. You could see it was affecting him physically, mentally. And yet, what does Jimbo do? Jimbo continues to have him drop back throw the football, in the pocket, no easy throws. Did he, did he want to run a wide receiver screen? Maybe a little little swing pass to the tailback? That's an easy completion, no read, no nothing, just set your feet and go? No. Let's not simplify things for him. Let's not make it easy. Let's not get him out of this funk. Instead, let's have him drop back in the pocket, try to read an entire field, 
and have him under pressure because your offensive line isn't very good and try to make a throw in traffic. The only thing Jimbo's doing with Connor right now is ruining an incredibly talented young man. Because eventually, if he continues, if he continues in this path, that kid is not going to have the confidence, the confidence to come out and play. Not to mention, he's not going to want to play for Jimbo. He's not. Because even, even in these situations where it's he's got a freshman quarterback stuck in there under this retarded scheme, when he comes off the field, he's getting yelled at. None of those things are going to really do – are going to do anything for the confidence of this quarterback or for his his want to stick around, right? And let me say this. Let me say this. Were there injuries? Yes. A-Chain, obviously, out. Anai Smith has been out. On top of that, Jimbo decides to suspend Moose Muhammad over sleeves. Sleeves. It's cold out there, guys. Sleeves are nice when it's cold. He's going to suspend his best offensive player available to him because of sleeves. I can't even explain that. Look, I coached. I wasn't I was an offensive coordinator. We an offensive coordinator in some tough districts. We had knuckleheads. You learn how to deal with those things. But the last thing you do is take your best player, sit him on the bench in a game that you want and need to win. We all talk about bowl eligibility. It's never really a big deal, right? Like Because we expect it. But when you don't make it, it is a big deal. That's a month of football we don't get to play. A month of football. That's a big deal. We talk about the youth on this team. Oh, all the freshman starters. Well, you know what? Part of that's on Jimbo. And we're sticking with the offense. Because Jimbo decides to start a freshman tailback, Moss, who's going to be a phenomenal player. It's going to be fantastic. However, right now, this very second, Daniels is a better player. He's a better player. He showed it by his performance on Saturday, 11 for 83, seven and a half a carry. Moss went five for seven, five carries, seven yards. But not only in the, not only in the rushing department, when it comes to pass protection, when it comes to getting out into the routes, those things Daniels is much better at because he's been in the program for a year already, a year now, almost two years, right? Don't talk to me about freshmen anymore. These guys are in their second, almost through the first year. This, that's, they're not freshmen. They're not freshmen. They played an entire season. But Moss isn't ready. He's not as good as Daniels today. Will he be one day? Well, we don't know. But he sure isn't today. And so Jimbo made a decision because he's trying to build himself an excuse one. He's also trying to make sure that these freshmen – stay engaged so that they can keep them too. But he, what is he doing? It He's doing it at the cost of the team and the ability to win. He's also doing it at the cost of these 
uh, upperclassmen because at the end of the day, some of them are going to leave because they didn't get that opportunity. You can't do that. You can't do that. Because now this team has lost so much because of these decisions by Jimbo. Let me give you another one. We've been playing a freshman starting wide receiver all year, Stewart. And look, he's been great. And maybe he deserves the start. But on the other side, we've been playing another freshman. Early on, it was Marshall. Early on, it was Marshall. And now, now, it's not Marshall. Now, it's Thomas. That decision was made by Jimbo. Well, you know what? Preston's sitting on the sideline. Not to mention Moose, who he's suspended. Preston's sitting on the sideline. Preston's a guy that's been productive for this team before. He's a playmaker. He's a better player than those freshmen today. Whether you want to say that he ultimately will be a better player than some of these freshmen will ultimately be better players than him, maybe. Today, they're not. And he's choosing to take the long-term look at the cost of this season, of these games, and he's still going to lose those two freshmen. He's going to lose Marshall. He's gone. Maybe Thomas sticks around now. He got a little playing time. But Preston would have been the better player. As a matter of fact, in spite of the fact that he didn't really play until the fourth quarter much, he led this team in receiving yards. That is a Jimbo decision. We talk about youth. He is deciding to be young. He made that decision. There were options outside of all the young players. Options he decided not to go with. So yes, we're young. Not an excuse. The offensive line continues to be poor. Let's be honest. They continue to be poor. Now, it's not all on them. Jimbo doesn't do anything to help them. How does how do you help an offensive line? Well, in the running game, for example, using misdirection, using motions, trying to take some, give the, that defense some eye candy that'll open up some lanes. That's one way. The ability to throw the ball down the field so that you get guys out of the box. That's another way. It's always difficult to run into a loaded box. It's even more difficult when you don't do anything schematically to try to help your blockers and your tailback or your runner in that scheme. So what happens? Go check out our defense. The eye candy, that's one of the big reasons we're horrible against the run because our second-level guys have no clue what their assignment is, who their key is, and what they have to do when they see motion, when they see misdirection. They don't have a clue. They're always out of position. Well, do our guys do that? Everybody else in the country does it, apparently. Do we do it as an offense? Try to help our, our offensive line? Nope. Not going to use those tactics. What we're going to do, the lineup, we just expect everybody to win one-on-one -on -one matchups. Unfortunately, in this situation, Oftentimes, it's seven on six or eight on six because they got eight in the box and we only got six to block. That math doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Look, the other thing is that 
you know, same MO for Jimbo all the time. Same MO. He talks about we got to run the ball. Talks about we got to run the ball. He said it. He said it in the halftime two weeks ago. He said it in halftime this week. Got to run the ball. And then what does he do? He throws the ball. He's a quarterback. He's a quarterback. So everything he thinks about as a solution is in the passing game. It's in the passing game because that's his instinct as a quarterback, as a former quarterback. That's his instinct. So when you look at him and he goes, very second drive of the game, he goes, run, 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 first down. We got to throw the football. Pass, 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 punt. Take this into account. The score in this game was 13 to 10. It's a three-point ball game. For a great part of the game, there might have been a 10-point difference. Never did it get greater than 10 points, did it? You've got a freshman quarterback making a second start. He's on the road in a hostile environment at Auburn. The best player on this team, A-Chain, is not in the ball game on, the, on this defense, on this offense. The best wide receiver, Nia Smith, hasn't been in the ball game in several weeks. The remaining best player in this offense has been suspended for no sleeves. All those things are true. And you still line up and call more than 40 pass plays to less than 20 run plays. 20 to 40. 20 to 40. In that span of 40 pass plays, there's not one trick play. They don't use double moves. There's not, they don't use uh, pick plays. For them, it's all one-on-one, -on -one, read the entire field. That's abuse. That is abuse of a play, by a play caller, abuse of a quarterback, abuse of the young players. There is no explanation or rationale that you can use to do that, except for Jimbo, who's a quarterback at heart. And when something bad happens, he's going to run a pass play because his only solution is, well, let's throw the ball. And when he throws the ball, he wants that with four wide, three wide in the tight end, everybody out in the, in the pattern, and everybody on individual routes. Somebody's got to win. Why not? Why not scheme it up? Why not scheme it up? The very few times that we do on occasion throughout the season, it usually results in a pretty big play or a successful play. But no, no, they're down. All right. All seams, everybody in the seam, find one of them. Somebody's got to win. All right. Jimbo is the worst offensive play caller. In the SEC, he's probably worse than the country. It's robbery what he's doing to the Aggies at the moment. To make it even worse, he's a horrible game manager. How is it that we constantly are wasting timeouts? How is it that we are constantly have no timeouts left 
And it's like, you know, halfway through the second quarter. His use of timeouts is absolutely ridiculous. And here's the thing. It's because he can't call a play. It's because he has a book of play calls and he's flipping through stuff and he can't make a decision, get the play in, get the guys lined up and go do the things that they need to do. His idea of tempo, that's his idea of tempo. They still got to use those timeouts. Oh, we use tempo 85% of the game. Where? Where? Have you actually seen a team use tempo? Line up, run the, run the play. Line up, run the play. That's tempo. But no, he can't put that on the players, right? He can't tell the players, get lined up, see what you see, get it called, throw the football, or play, run the play. He's got to call the play. And then he's got to look at the defense. And then he's got to evaluate and make a change. And then, you know, all these things. And it's got to be his system and his call because he's so proud. He's so proud that he's a genius. That's the way it got to work. Well, it hasn't worked since 2014. They were bad at at Florida State at the end of his tenure. They're bad here at A&M. Every year he's been here this office. Done and done. Defensively, and we're not going to spend as much time here on the defense. And look, the defense is pretty good at times. Tell you this. One thing at the very least is that DJ Durkin is actually using four down linemen on most occasions. He still likes to go with a three down line, which he should get fired and thrown out of the stadium the next time he does that. But he still likes to do it. They were pretty good at times against Auburn. And yes, they only allowed 13 points. But Let me be clear about this. They weren't good as a defense. Auburn didn't even threaten the pass at times. More importantly, they definitely didn't threaten the downfield pass at all. And let's remember that in the third quarter, they had the wheel route wide open for a touchdown. And their quarterback just overthrew it. The guy wasn't, they didn't even, Ags didn't even think of covering that guy. Didn't even think of covering that guy for the second time because the first, the touchdown, that's how they scored. So, so the defense wasn't good. They were better than the offense. They weren't good. They played a bad offensive team, a bad offensive team that couldn't throw the football, that couldn't threaten them with the pass. They gave up 270 yards rushing. That, against a team that can't threaten you with a pass, that is an embarrassment. Fortunately, they created some turnovers. They kept they kept the team in it. But it wasn't a good performance by this defense. Just a couple of things defensively. Why is Overton in coverage? He's a defensive end. And, yeah, he's a good athlete. He's not good in coverage, especially not as a freshman. He's a first-year guy. 
Let him do the things he's good at. Put him on the field, go rush the passer. Boom, one assignment. Don't make it complicated. Why do you think he messes up? Why do you think they play slow? The freshmen play slow because when you make it complex, they're thinking they ain't playing. Don't put the guy in coverage. Two. Excellent, excellent job, McKinley Jackson. The dude is a hoss since he's been back. He's made a difference on this defense. He's made a difference on this team. The guy constantly makes a ton of plays and is always involved. He's got an incredible motor. He sets the tone. I love McKinley Jackson. I think the dude is a stud. I'm excited to continue to see him play. Hopefully, he sticks around another season. Obviously, he needs to put some some uh, play on tape and get ready for the next level. The dude is a hoss. Love the guy. Great to have AJ back. Antonio was a monster on Saturday. Once again, led this team in tackles and had several tackles for loss. The dude is a playmaker, and he's just getting back into it. Stay healthy, finish the season. I don't think there's any chance Antonio comes back. I think he goes NFL bound, and he should because he's projected to be one of the highest safeties drafted in this in this year's draft. So love the guy. Great play. A number of other guys, obviously, Chappelle, um, uh, Shamar, uh, Stewart, uh, Shamar Turner, you know, all, all, you know, pretty ballsy performances. Um, but those two guys stand out. All right. Quick hit on UMass. Look, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this. 11 a.m. at Kyle Field. Look, UMass is one and nine. Their only win is against Stony Brook. Uh, they don't play good offense and they don't play good defense. They're 130th in total offense, 107th in total defense, in spite of the fact that they play a pathetic schedule against bad competition or mediocre competition. Sorry. No, no disrespect, man. They're a bad team. What do the Aggies have to do to beat UMass? Show up. That's it. Show up. And don't be a complete disaster. So we're not going to get into much of anything else there with UMass. Guys, if you want to go see a win, show up for the game on Saturday. All right. Stay to the program, fellas. Stay to the program. Look, everybody everybody keeps on talking to us about injuries. Injuries, injuries, injuries. Saturday, the defense was pretty much healthy. You take, we were missing Fidel Diggs and Adelie. Understood. We got defensive ends. We got different guys. We used Overton. We used Stewart. You can use Turner. There's, there's bodies to go into those places. And yes, are Diggs and Adelie, are they our best two guys? Yeah. But I wouldn't say they're dramatically our best two guys. And we still have some depth there. So those are only two. The linebacker level at the interior, McKinley and Rakes and all the rest of and Nolan, all all the rest of those guys were healthy and playing on the interior at the second level with White, with Cooper, with Russell. Those guys were all healthy. They just suck because our linebacker coach Santucci hasn't Coached them for shit. They can't keep their eyes off of the eye candy. 
but they're healthy. In the secondary, we had AJ back, Damani's there, Chappelle, Jalen Jones, Gilbert played, even though he didn't start. You know, we had um, all those guys, all those guys on the field, Anderson, Matthews at the safety spots. So it wasn't a health concern with that defense at all. At all. Offensively, yes. Offensively, yes. A chain out. Part of it was self-inflicted. Muhammad suspended. Jimbo decides to start Moss and Thomas instead of the better players today, Daniels and Preston. That's okay. It is what it is. Offensive line, for the most part, is there. Yes, at left guard, Aki and Moku, Moko both out at left guard. That's one position. And honestly, Dewberry played pretty well. Zoom is our starter at left tackle. He's there. Fathery and Robinson on the right side are there. Wyckoff has been our starter all year at center. So, in reality, for the most part, we're, we're not too unhealthy at the offensive line. Losing Max Wright in the game hurt. He had made some plays earlier on. Why is Jake Johnson not getting more reps? I don't get it. The guy's a Obviously, a very good athlete, um, and I feel like he's he's in a position where he could make plays, but he's not getting those plays. All right, sounds good. If Max Wright's healthy, we understand. If Green's healthy, we understand. But when both of those guys are down, I'm not sure that I'd rather have Blake Smith out there over Jake Johnson. A couple of other things. We talk about it with the freshmen. We talked about it earlier. Some of those are Jimbo's decision to play those freshmen, not because other players aren't available. That's what he wants to do. Here's another one. We constantly hear Jimbo talk about, oh, no, we do a lot of good on good offense, defense in practice. Lots of good on good. Anytime you're out there, you watch you watch the practice, they do good on good. One question I have is, so much good on good, and by the way, for those guys not familiar with the terminology, that means first team versus first team. First team offense, first team defense. Now, are you subjecting yourself to more injuries because of some good on good? Probably so. There's an issue with injuries. There's too many this year. Some of them are probably... Not really injuries. But, end of the day, good on good. Why am I harping on good on good? Well, what is your defense seeing on good on good? They're seeing your Jimbo offense good on good. That offense doesn't help this defense get better. It's a crap offense. What defense are we seeing as an offense good on good? Our defense. Well, that means that we're not specializing with regards to the opponent and what they're going to do to us. Now, are they doing some of that? Yes. But when you're spending so much time on good on good, that means that you're missing the boat. Not to mention 
your defense is not getting any better seeing an offense that is this pathetic. That's a bad recipe. Bad recipe. At all levels of football, too, and I've talked about it, offenses use motion, misdirection, open up opportunities. It's it's a weakness for our offense, for our defense. Well, I don't I, I wonder why. They don't ever see it on they never see it from in good on good. Because our offense doesn't give it to them, so they never see it there. That's probably one of the reasons. We don't implement it at all. We don't have any trick plays. We don't use double moves. We don't use rub routes. We don't, you know, you can go on and on and on and on. Anything that's simplified, don't use it. That's where we're at. That's where we're at. And as long as Jimbo's calling the plays, that's where we're going to continue to be at. Let's go around the league real quick. Georgia LSU already locked into the SEC championship game. Look, LSU first year coach. You know, everybody wants to talk. Oh, you got to give them time to build. Great coaches make a difference right away. Georgia was in an SEC championship in year two. Bama was in an SEC championship in year two. LSU, year one. Look at them, what Tennessee's done, year two. Look what TCU's done, year one. Great coaching makes a difference right away. Congratulations to LSU and Georgia. I think we're going to see Georgia absolutely blow up to the LSU in that game. That's my opinion right now. We'll see what happens. Uh, in the meantime, LSU will beat the Aggies. There's no question, um, unless somehow Jimbo gets fired before then. So let's just keep that in mind. Uh, playoff picture looks like Georgia. Looks like the winner in the Big Twin Championship, Michigan or uh, Ohio State. Michigan looks great. I don't know. I don't know who's going to win that game, but I would put my money on Michigan. Uh, TCU, they can get undefeated. They should get in. Everybody wants to talk about whether the Big 12, yada, yada. Listen, undefeated Big 12 team should get in. And then the question is, do you get a one-loss SEC team in Tennessee? Or do you get an ACC champion, champion in UNC or Clemson? Does, does uh, USC run the table and get in as a one-loss Pac-12 champion? You know, those are different – a couple of the different scenarios um, for that last spot there. Questions from the tailgate brought to you by David Coffin, PLLC, tax contract litigation lawyers, only tax controversy litigation lawyers in Bryan College Station. First question, look, this season is a throwaway. What must this do team do in the offseason? Clearly. They have to replace the offensive play caller. Let me say that again. They have to replace the offensive play caller. Jimbo has got to give up offensive coordinator duties. Throw his scheme out the window. Don't hire a guy that's going to run the same garbage. And, you know, yes man that he wants, that he loves to have on his staff, by the way. Loves yes men on his staff. Get rid of that. Get out of the offensive room. And Give it over to somebody that's going to be innovative and explosive. Maybe maybe call the offensive coordinator at Tennessee, offensive coordinator at TCU, programs that have shown the ability to make plays. That's one. you got to replace Adazio. He has been absolutely garbage. And along with that, 
You got to give this offensive coordinator the ability to hire his staff, not your cronies that you've brought in over the last few years that have been very unsuccessful. Get rid of those guys. Let him bring in his staff, the guys he needs to make sure that this team is getting what they need. You got to replace the defense coordinator. Durkin is garbage. He was bad at Ole Miss last year. He was worse at Ole Miss the year before. He was bad at Michigan. He, you know, the guy's just been is bad, and he's shown it this year. Our defense last year really good. Defense this year really bad. Very clear cause and effect. Durkin, another guy that needs to be gone. That is Santucci, the co-defensive coordinator who coaches the linebackers. There is no worse unit on this defense than linebackers, and that's your co-DC. Get rid of that dude. Let's find somebody who can actually coach linebackers. Our D our D line coaches are great. I wouldn't I wouldn't mess with that. I might promote one of them. I might promote one of them to DC. As a matter of fact, that could be a good start. Problem is, Jimbo's too stubborn. I don't think he's going to do it. I don't think he's going to make those changes. He's too stubborn. He just hired these guys. This is his. These are his choices. These are his people. This is his system. He's going to continue to do the same thing he's done before. He needs to do this all before signing day. He needs to do this the day after the LSU loss because the transfer portal opens December the 5th. He needs to do it and make it very public that it's his choice that this thing's going to change. This thing's going to open up, that this thing's going to be different before all the players get the heck up out. Question number two, any way that Jimbo actually gets fired with an $87 million payout, I think there's two scenarios. Two scenarios. And by the way, I said earlier, I I think I'd contribute 20. I'll up that to a hundo. I'll contribute a hundo. $100. From Max Tailgate. You let me know. Corey told me he'd do another hundo. That's two hundo. We're getting closer. Any chance he gets fired? Two scenarios. One, he loses to UMass. Not going to happen. Don't blow me up. Not going to happen. But if he were to lose to UMass, I think he'd get fired. Second scenario that he gets fired, mass exodus the day after the LSU loss. Mass. Talking Connor, Stewart. I mean, Nolan. Uh, Shamar Stewart, you know, name them. You get a mass exodus from, especially from that freshman class, which is everything he's hung his hat on this year. I think you'll, the people will find the money. Why? Because at that point, there is no hope for the future. Because his 23 class sucks. Doesn't have a single offensive skill position player. He doesn't know how to use the transfer portal. And his team is now going to be 
less talented than pretty much every team that he's going to face next year because of the exodus. He can't win without with talent. How's he going to win without it? There's no hope. He had to go. Those are the scenarios. Ags, I love my Aggies. I love Aggie football. I love these players. I think we've got incredible talent here. I think we can easily turn this thing around, but we need a new direction. That's all I'm saying. Giga Maggie's AP signing out from the tailgate. Peace.